Yep. Here we are. Another Robcast. This is episode 307, and I am here with Trace. I am so excited to be doing this. I know. This one feels this like one, we're loaded. Yeah. yeah feels this, like we're loaded. This one's going to be really fun. Uh, the first part of this year, Trace and I were doing something called Saturday School on Saturday mornings, the first Saturday of each month on Zoom. But then a little while ago, we did a Robcast where we did like the greatest hits from the first three months uh, as a Robcast. And then you and I were both like, why are we doing this separate thing on Zoom? Why don't we just move our Saturday school to the Robcast? Yeah, which I mean, doing on Zoom was such a great experience, but I think it felt right to move it to podcast form, move it to the Robcast. Yeah, yeah. So, so from now on, we'll just, we'll just, you'll just show up on a regular basis and we'll do our next thing. Yeah. So anyway, that's what this is, people. And the last time we did a, a whole session on time. Yeah. Uh, like the time in the larger perspective of awareness, mm-hmm. time in physics and helping, because uh, you and I both had gone through this, realizing time isn't what we thought it was. Yeah. And I, I think and, and that, that Saturday school, we made some very the power of it was making some very basic observations of time, just looking at mm-hmm. what time is in our direct experience, which mm-hmm. we'll do on this episode. But um, time has always been something that's fascinating to me and, and the implications for how we understand time, what it is, has so many profound implications oh, and, and it's so, so fun many. to get into. So the, yeah, so this episode that we're about to do is, is connected to, um, it's connected to the previous episode we did, which was awareness of awareness, which was episode... Um, I don't know what it is. A couple episodes back. Um, <laughs> a couple uh, episodes back. So this is, is we're going to be talking about time as it relates to awareness, and it's going to be connected um, to. So you don't need to listen to that previous one to understand this one, uh, but it does help a lot because you'll see the the inner the way they're connected and yeah. interlinked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because for many people, uh, there's your body, and then there's whether or not something's happening within your body, as opposed to coming to see that your body is something happening within you. Mm-hmm. For many people, your mind is where everything is happening at many as opposed to your mind is something happening within your awareness. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts are happening within something, your awareness. And that's just the, the word we use for it, awareness. But for many people, time is something that they understand first and foremost, they are trapped in. Mm-hmm. So what we want to do in this episode is just show you time, not as something that you are trapped in and it's moving at a speed you can do nothing about, but show you that time is actually something happening within your mind. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we, so many, so we, we wonder if what we are live, what we essentially are lives in time rather than wondering if time lives in what we are. Um, and the, through this episode, what we're going to try to do is take the, the conception that time is this absolute reality that we live, that we live in and sort of through some observations of time and what we're sort of starting to learn about time, um, through physics and recent discoveries is see time as as more malleable and not like not an absolute reality um, that we're trapped in and live in and actually see establish um, what we are as the the essential absolute reality rather than time as the background that we live in so and here's why that shift is so that trace just articulated why it's so huge why it's so important to you and I is, uh, do you ever feel like you have a conflicted relationship with time? It sounds like an infomercial. Do you ever feel like you have a conflicted relationship with time? Um, do you feel stress about its passing? Do you use phrases like time is slipping away, like it's flying by, like there's not enough time? Have you ever used the phrase, 
I carved out some time. Have you ever said, I couldn't get that time back? Well, those, that is all the language of a conflicted mm. relationship with time based on time understood in terms of scarcity. Yeah. So we're going to just introduce you to some ancient wisdom that also happens to be modern physics. It also happens to be basic observations. And, and we want to, if in any way we could help you not have a conflicted relationship with time, because you don't have to. You don't have to feel like life is passing you by. You don't have to use the word busy all the time. You don't have to feel like you're packing it in. And good God, all your parents out there, you can stop using that phrase quality time. It just <laughs> makes me mental. I got some quality time. No, it's just time. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but we, uh, so there, there's the, there's the longest intro ever. We should first do a quick thing about things we're each up to. Yeah. So I have, I just announced, uh, two new dates for my, uh, how to talk to your kids about spirituality, um, event I'm doing on zoom. Um, so Saturday, June 12th and Saturday, June 19th, um, are the two new dates. Um, that's at, uh, the Saturday, June 12th one is at, um, 10 a.m. Eastern, and the Saturday, June 19th is at 12 a.m. Eastern. Um, those are available to register on my website at tracebell.com. That's T-R-A-C-E-B-E-L-L-L.com. That's three L's um, in the bell. Um, and I'm doing my, I'm currently in the middle of doing my uh, Living the Spiral uh, group, which is a, a, ses a seven series session um, on Zoom where we're integrating the sp stages of spiral dynamics. Spiral dynamics is the psychological development model um, that we've talked about on the podcast. We did that series, Me, We, and Everybody. Yeah, Me, We, Everybody. And if you found that was the end of December, I guess, whatever that is, eight episodes ago. But if you, uh, so many people were like, whoa, this is basically, okay, what does that look like? Yeah, yeah. I, I wanted to create a course which is actually about um, integrating that material into our own lives and actually how to, I'm calling, that's why I'm calling it living the spiral because it's actually about rather than just understanding it as an intellectual exercise, actually integrating that material and using, doing activities and, and figuring out how that, what that actually looks like in our own lives. Are you having um, so much fun with it's, that? It's, it's my favorite thing I've done so far. I absolutely <laughs> love it. Um, but those are, those two groups I'm doing are going on right now. But if you go to my website under the living the spiral, um, you can put down your email um, for, uh, you can put your email down to be notified when I'm going to announce the next groups. Um, so you can be the first to be notified because I'm going to be continuing that. Um, so how to talk to your kids about spirituality. Um, and then if you want to be notified for living the spiral, and then I've also been, um, working one-on-one -on -one with people, um, which are available on my website on the, the work with trace section. So again, all that's available. <laughs> at, you, can, you can find all that on my website at tracebell.com. <laughs> um, that's bell with three L's. That yeah. is so great. That is so great. Uh, I should tell them about a couple of things I'm up to. Yep. There's actually a thing I haven't told you that I'm going to be doing. Um, I noticed how... I'll tell it to you because I'm also telling it to them right mm -hmm. now. I noticed how many people there's the there's the craft, the gift, the service, the art, the trade. There, there's like there's the work they're doing in the world, the gift they're giving to all of us. But then there's the details, the logistics, um, the people who tell me like I hate the word marketing. Um, I I can't stand social media. Um, this I can't keep this pace up. So it's like there's the thing that drew you into this, you know what I mean? The mm -hmm. work that's like lights you up. And then there's, I call it the business of it. And I noticed, um, I've noticed over the years how many people are, these seem to be two different realms. And the one seems to be in conflict with the other to the point where it's like draining the life out of the other. And, you know, mom and I have done 
for years, our almost we felt like the art form is how to do it, what you do with full alignment mm-hmm. all the way across the board. Yeah, um, like a a seamless, peaceful, everything in its right place. Um, so I'm doing I'm going to do some new sessions called the business of it, where people can just bring whatever questions they have about. It's almost like before you go out there, you got to get lined up in mm-hmm. here. And I'm pointing to my heart. Yeah. Um, and that for many people, even money, uh, pr- promotion, all these things just instantly have like a cringe, tense, ugh, as opposed to just being like just a part of it. And let's yeah. let's airtight integrity. Uh, yeah. Airtight integrity. So uh, those sessions start a week after these this this episode goes up. I'm just going to do a few. I'm going to see what happens when we can create that space. And then secondly, I, I did a while ago an audio called Something to Say, which was all about the art of communicating, how you take an idea and speak it with some level of clarity in a compelling way. I thought I, I, should, I ought to do one on writing. So we just released it last week. It's called Something to Write. It's four hours of me walking you through what I've learned about writing. Because writing can be like, so enjoyable and like intoxicating and satisfying and also be maddening when it's not happening. Just just feel like you're beating your head against the wall. So what I tried to do in about four hours is give you everything I've learned about how to get the words coming and get yourself in the right place, asking the right questions about what you're writing so that it can be uh, that wondrous experience of taking things and putting them on a page. So, um, the business of it and something to write, all that's at my site. Yeah, we got that done. I love it. Now, okay, where should we start? Should I start with the planet thing? Yeah, start with the planet thing. Okay, we're going to talk about time here. And our hope is that by the end of this, you see time in a different way, and you hold it in a different way. You see how it sits almost within you, mm. how it passes through and emerges and you won't feel like your life is passing you by. That's our goal. We got big goals. Yeah. We got big yeah, squad big goal. goals in this yeah. one. You go, go hard or go home. <laughs> People, we don't talk like that, by the way. <laughs> We're la- He's laughing when he says that. I feel like I have to cover I'm that. saying it tongue-in-cheek. Yeah, I'm trying to... I'm, I'm doing it for they you. Know, they, they know you, so they know this, but I felt like... Yeah, 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 I still yeah, had yeah. to cover it just in yeah, case. Oh, for sure, for sure, yeah. Because that'd be a little cringy if it was like... If I meant that earnestly, it would be, be a little cringy. Oh, that is awesome. Okay, so let's do a few really, really basic truths just to make sure. And this is this will be review, I assume, for you. But nevertheless, um, okay, objects shape time. So uh, how long is a day? I'm assuming you would say 24 hours. Yeah, well, what do you mean by 24 hours? Well, it's uh, the rotation of the earth. Okay. Well, how long is a year? That's 365 days. Well, what's that? Well, that's the earth going around the sun. Well, what's a month? Oh, a month is 30 days. What's that? Oh, that's the relationship between the earth and the moon. So your concept of time is derived from naming the orbits and revolutions of objects that float in space. So if there were no objects floating in space, you would not have a sense of time. 
because the time that you have, at least uh, the sense of time that you have now, your mind took, well, our, our human minds took the movements of the stars in the sky, the planets, the earth, the sun, and the moon, and named those movements with like an incremental template that we call time. So no objects, no time. So if you aren't in this solar system, if you aren't in the Milky Way galaxy, if you're somewhere else, you don't have an earth and a relationship to the moon, an earth in relationship to the sun, an earth going around the sun, and how long does it take for it to go around once, you wouldn't have any of that. So what appears to be an absolute, well, yeah, of course, time, time's the same, every, no, is actually something constructed by mind to name and make sense of the movement of celestial bodies. <laughs> does that yeah. summarize that? Yeah. Yeah, now you see, now notice... If you just heard that, and it's so obvious, and yet notice how it there's something disruptive and unsettling about it, because it takes something that's almost like concrete in our minds. Well, yeah, of course, time. What can you do about time? And it points out the relative nature of that time. It doesn't mean you don't have a clock. It doesn't mean that this episode won't have a certain length of time. It doesn't mean there will be a tomorrow, like, of course. So time is both real. Uh, time at one level, you can't escape it because there will be a tomorrow and the next day, and yet that real also has a dimension of relative to it. Mm -hmm. It is both unchangeable and unstopping, and it keeps moving forward, and it is bendy and somewhat temporary. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's a feeling as much as a, an intellectual affirmation. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a it's an ultimate paradox is that it it it's it's here and it feels like it's moving, but yet at the same time it's so much more malleable and we can't really right. place our our um, finger on it as well as we we thought we could. So yeah. objects shape or create our sense of time, or the the moving of objects is what we're naming when we talk about time. Secondly, gravity shapes time, and we've talked about this before on the Robcast, but uh. Let's say you have a watch on and I have a watch on and you go live on top of a mountain and I go live in a valley, your watch will run faster. If you get on an airplane and I stay on the ground and you fly somewhere, your watch will run faster. You will experience more time. Somebody who lives up high compared to somebody who lives down low, the person who lives up high will actually age more in what appears to be the same time. And we now have... Uh, very straightforward instrumentation that can measure all of this. If there's a clock on the table in your kitchen and a clock on the floor, the clock on the table will run slightly faster. Time is experienced differently for your head than your feet. The closer something is to mass, to, to the pull of gravity, the more time slows down. So time is moving slower for your feet than your head because your head is farther away from the center of the earth. So there is a direct relationship between proximity and distance to mass and the gravity that mass possesses and the passage 
of time. So time is both shaped by objects and is relative to depending on its proximity to those objects. Mm -hmm. <laughs> by the way, this also affects why things fall differently depending on their proximity to gravity, which relates to time, which is why when you have no gravity, things begin to float, and time is simply something different than it is closer to gravity. Once again, basic sophomore year physics, and yet, do you see how it just loosens up the hold that time can often have on mind? Maybe for some of you, that sense, there's never enough time, there's never enough time. The mind keeps almost like shouting, or it's like a vice grip of there's not enough time, there's not enough time. Or that phrase I was thinking people use, busy, we're just so busy, we're just so busy. It can feel like an absolute. Uh, and yet, all of the wisdom traditions witness to a loosening of this vice grip. An awareness that time is actually far more... But you think about Salvador Dali painting those curved clocks. Mm. Uh, artists began to... Because generally what happens is artists begin to name what science then catches up and names technically. Mm. Artists begin to feel it. So you can see Salvador Dali starts painting curved clocks, and then a little while later, Einstein comes along and says, actually, time is curved. It's relative. There is no now. Your now and my now are different nows. Um, if you think about our universe and think, well, you know, it's now. But on the other side of the universe, that's a different time because there is no time or their time would be conceived of whoever they are. So you can see how the whole thing that appears often in the modern world to be like, yeah, that's just how time works is actually an illusion mm -hmm. that if enough people just stay trapped in it and see it a particular way, then you miss out on what people have known for thousands of years is that time actually functions in a very, very different way than we think it does. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so what you're doing so far so brilliantly is, is taking this idea of time as being this absolute fixed reality and actually showing like, hold on, hold on. It's way more right. warpy and malleable <laughs> right. than all of that. And that's, and that's really at the heart of this, this episode is that um, how, much, how much thinking is... Uh, how many people's thinking about their lives, um, existence, the universe is, um, it, it's influenced by this idea that time is this, it's like time is the background of all of it. Time is this fixed reality. The universe was created, born however X amount of years ago. And it's like, we're moving from, we're like, we're moving throughout time. So everything is couched within time. And what we're, what we're doing right now is stepping back and explaining, wait, hold on. The universe, is, it's not couched within this absolute fixed reality like it normally is. All that got of, created. Yeah, conceived of. All that got cooked up. So can I do, uh, can I do some oh, yeah. an exercise? Yeah, that exercise. Okay, okay. Yeah. So um, I want you to think about your life now, like almost on like a sheet of paper. So on the far left side of the sheet of paper, I want you to um, envision the year you were born on the far left side. So... Um, I'm going to do that right here. You're going to do it right here, yeah. So the far left side um, is the year you were born. And then let's do like some major events. So maybe the year you graduated high school, maybe a little further to the right of that line, maybe towards the middle. Let's do that towards the middle of the page. Um, depending on how old you depending are. Depending on how old you are. And if you haven't graduated high school, um, I don't know, the year you turned 18, 
um, or if you're, I guess if you're younger than that, the year you turned, the year you turned 10, maybe. Um, if you're seven listening to this episode, so, we're just very impressed. So, so yeah, exactly. I was really like 10 might've been like the, the age yes. record. Um, and then, so on the, and let's put the, on the far right side of the paper, we're going to do today's day. So May 29th. So right now you have a, uh, you should have some sort of vision of, um, of your a timeline of your life here, where it's uh, the left side is the start. And then you had a, a major event in the middle. And then you have the far right side is right now, May 29th, the, the day we're recording this or whatever day you're listening to this. Champions League final day. Champions League final. Known yep. around the world. Yep. Um, so we, we typically think of time moving from, from left to right. It's like we were born into the world on this date at the far left side of the paper. And then we move throughout that timeline. So you were born in the year you were born. And then you, your, your life is sort of, we, as we conceive of it, we've sort of moved from left to right, almost in like a linear fashion on that, uh, on, on that timeline. That's how we're, that's how our minds, that's how we typically think of, time now can i tell them how you did this in the when we did when we when yeah, trace yeah. And I first taught this trace took um a used toilet paper roll it was bamboo so it was good for the earth but he took the uh that bamboo paper but he took you took that toilet paper roll that's left over and he held it over the paper you held it over like at the day you were born and then gave the image almost like a telescope um is that the best way to start? yeah 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 and then like moved it across the sheet of paper yeah like there's nothing you can do that you're you're just moving throughout this, this timeline view is just moving across time time is the absolute fixed paper. paper yes okay so so that was the 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 point of the paper and and the tube was to show that we typically conceive of the paper the timeline as being the reality now the tube is think about your your awareness. The tube is supposed to represent your awareness. Now we we what we typically believe is that we're born into the world. We're born into time, and our awareness sort of moves throughout time. Our awareness there's a we're in the now, but there was a past, there was a future, and we're moving linearly throughout. Time this. is the absolute. Time is the your absolute. awareness is sort of a floaty, unanchored Mo thing moving, that just floats across moving time throughout yeah. time. So. Um, this exercise, what I want you to do now is I want you to think about, think about that, the, the, think about the memory, the event I had here of you graduating high school. Think about that, um, think about that event right now. Um, that event for you, it, it, that feels like that event took place in the past, right? It's right now, May 29th, and that, when you graduated high school, it feels like it took place in the past. But when that event was taking place for you, you would not have called it during that time the past. You would have called that now. When that event was taking place for you, it was taking place in the now, right? And and all those all those subsequent events and all those events on the timeline, you would have said while they were happening, they're happening now. You don't you wouldn't have said they're happening in the past or the future. You would have said they're happening now. So you've had one now. All those events on your timeline, all the things that have happened on this timeline have happened for you now. There's now, only one time you've ever there's actually. Only, there's only one yeah. time, so you. So it's only ever been now, for you in your direct experience. All the all the things that have happened to your life have happened right now. Now, when I ask you to think about that event, think about um, your your high school graduation. When you think about it, a memory, a thought occurs to you. A memory occurs right now for you. A memory is, is taking place right now that is a memory of your high school graduation. So 
anytime we access um, anything on that sheet of paper, anytime we access the past, it's, it's a memory or a thought that's occurring right now. Now, if we were to look to the right side of that date we put on um, the paper, May 29th, if we were to think about the future, if you have any thought about the future, if you think about the future, that's a th if you think about the future right now, so think about a future event, think about a week from now, that's for you is a thought about the future that's taking place right now, right? So, so the point of this exercise is to show that any time we, we typically conceive of there's a now, then there's a, there's a real past back there, and there's a real future ahead of us, and those are existing things. But notice that you can only access the past and the future. You can only access them right now. So we, the, the way we conceive of time is that there are previous snapshots, there's a, the now snapshot, and then there's, there's subsequent snapshots in the future. But notice that that's actually an illusion that's created by the mind. That's an illusion that's created because the only thing we ever have is this present snapshot. And any time we try to any ideas about a previous snapshot or a subsequent snapshot are only accessed through this present snapshot. So the, the big the big takeaway and the big point of the the big takeaway here is that, that notice any conception, any thinking about time is always taking place right now. So the all all we know of time, all we know of the past, all we know of the future is a thought that's occurring right now. It's only a thought that's occurring right now. So you can see this in your you can see this in your, if, you're, if you're hanging with me, you can see this in your direct experience. Think about any past event, think about anything in the past or think about anything in the future and notice that it's a thought that's occurring for you right now. It's always been, you've had this one now and everything has occurred within this one now, including any ideas about the past or including any ideas about the future. So all we have is this present now moment. All we have is this present snapshot and any ideas are taking place within this present snapshot. So this, so what we're doing here is rather than this linear time idea of that there's a there's a present moment right now, then there's a real past and a real future, or and that being the sort of absolute reality that's typically conceived of, we're establishing the primacy of the now and actually showing that the now is actually the absolute and our direct experience now is the only absolute and the whole idea of linear time is actually occurring right now. So the, how this connects to awareness is that the idea that time is created by a thought that occurs right now, a thought is occurring in your awareness right now that is giving you the idea of a past and the idea of a future. So, so notice all our ideas of linear time, if we just boil it down to our direct experience, are, are a thought that's occurring right now in your awareness. So going back to direct experience and seeing that this whole idea of a linear time, the, a, a linear time model in which we're moving from left to right and that we're moving throughout time, we're not experiencing time moving, we're experiencing things happening now that are occurring in the now and are occurring in our awareness rather than moving throughout time. So are, that, yeah, are you moving? Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to and, interrupt. And, well, just real quick, and, and um, so the idea, this, this idea of a temporal flow, so a, a time flowing from left to right, this linear time, 
neuroscience is even showing us that this is a cognitive construct. We're not actually experiencing time moving. It's our, it's a, our, a way our mind conceptualizes this present now moment. We only have the now moment. Things are happening within the now moment and our brain, our mind creates this concept, creates the idea of time so that we can make sense of the now moment. But again, the time is not, a, the concept of time is not a problem. It's actually a very helpful concept. We, we, we use it and having memories of the past and anticipating the future can be a very beautiful thing and a very necessary thing in order to uh, um, operate in the world. But the problem is when we start to believe that concept is an absolute fixed reality and it's yeah. actually seeing that it's a helpful concept, but seeing that it's only what's occurring um, in the now. And we'll get, we're going to get into later things that we're going to connect the later. We're still in the warm-up. We're still in the warm-up, yeah. So Because we're going to talk about the word eternal um, in a little bit yeah. and connect the word eternal to what I'm saying right here. Um, but how are you doing after the exercise? Yeah. Oh, well, I, I, I'm, I'm properly centered and discombobulated at the same time. <laughs> so, so it's interesting how we have clocks. Those of you who are like, what about clocks? What about calendars? Of course they're real. Yeah, of course there's 1946. Of course there's... 1232. Of, of course, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is not one is real and one is not real. The question, it's like you're inviting us to the experience of which is the absolute, what's happening within what? Yeah. And are, are, are all of us just trapped in time or is time happening within us? Mm -hmm. And it's like that subtle shift. And, and the time happening within us is a really, um, important piece of this whole yeah. puzzle because because that's why I was stressing the notice that your conception of time isn't a, a thought that's occurring in your awareness right now. So we're establishing the primacy of the now, establishing the primacy of awareness and showing your awareness has always been right here and right now and that's what you've known and time has occurred, thoughts about time yeah, have occurred there's... right now rather than you existing in time. Time has occurred right now. So there's a you behind the you. There's a me behind the me. There's the, there's this indestructible each of us that can witness to us. Yeah. <laughs> and if we step back to witness the us that's witnessing the event that's real. Mm -hmm. There's the us that can step back and witness to the passage of time. I feel older. I feel younger. Uh, wow, where did that day go? There is, there is a, a me, there is a you, there is a any of us that can endlessly step back and witness to our experience of time. Yeah. And this helps it like, this helps explain why time like, oh, time flies when you're having fun or like time just flew by. When you start to see that time is a cognitive construct and it's created by the mind and a thought occurring now, when you see that time's relationship, time is created right. by the mind and a thought occurring right now, you now see why time feels so much more malleable and warpy because it's not a fixed reality. Right. So, so when you're in the zone and you're not thinking and time flows by, it's because the very thing that was creating time was sort of regulating it, modulating yeah. it, measuring yep. it, yep. dividing it, separating it. it. It's literally, it's, it's a cognitive construct and it's something that's, that's not something that's <laughs> fixed, which is why it's, which is why it's, which is why you lose track of time and time. Oh, that flew by. Wait, that was, you know, yeah. Friday was, was right, that right. long ago. Like it, right. there's so many things that, that, um, so when you start to make this connection between, Oh, time is just a concept that can be, um, sort of molded and, and, and warped around. 
Yeah, we're going somewhere very, very practical yeah. with this, friends. By the way, yeah. we're headed somewhere very practical. Let's just do this, it. Let's this just, is a bit of the setup. This let's is... take this a little. Let me let me explore a bit about memory. Mm -hmm. So, uh, my friends, take the year you were ten years old to the year you were twenty. Let's 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 take that ten year chunk and let's extract that in your memory and think about from when you were 10 to 20, if we were to ask you what memories jump out to you from that 10-year span of life, the assumption would be that you would start naming for us things. Now, what's interesting is if you start naming those things, we can only assume that some of those things that you name for us will be farther back in your memory in time than things that are more recent. So what you will intuitively do when you think of memory is you remember things more than you remember other events of your life. And what's interesting is, if you're like me, I don't remember a thing about eighth grade. I can tell you the shirt I was wearing on the first day of sixth grade. I can name probably all of my sixth grade teachers. I don't remember. I think I can think of one eighth grade teacher. So when I look back, there is little relation. There is some, but it is not an absolute relation between how well we remember something and how far back it is. My soccer team, junior year of high school, lost in the state tournament. And the other team, I've told you the story, their team's fans stormed the field. And we were all on my team. We, were, we thought we were going to win the state championship, and we got knocked out in an early round. And we all stood on the field crying where the fans from the other team just swarmed the field and danced around us. I remember that. I was 17, 16. I remember that better than things in my late 20s. I'm sure you have the same thing, where mm -hmm. you look back, so when it comes to your memory, time doesn't function in a clear, well, the farther back it is, the less you remember it. Some things way far back there you remember vividly. Some things not that far back you can barely remember. Secondly, the effect of an event or an experience or a memory can endure in your life to this day in a way that another event had no effect. Mm -hmm. you, you, you were a roommate with that person for four years and rarely think about them. Or how, like, maybe you had that neighbor who you saw every day for five years, and, ha and, yet, and yet there was a person that you hung out with for a weekend, and to this day you realize how much that interaction altered the trajectory of your life. So when we look back on memory, time begins to be, it's almost as if all of your memories are right here in the present. And some of them are closer or more effective or more powerful 
unrelated because as soon as we start talking about time for many people it's like no no no. there are events that happen and events that happen in order yes there are there are calendars there are clocks yes there are there are appointments that need to be kept and things happened on these day and there is history in which this happened and that happened the battle of this and the invention of that yes absolutely it's just that notice how it sits in you it doesn't sit in you in nice linear right Mm -hmm. it doesn't sit within you how it sits within you is in a sort of jumbled, swirly amalgamation of events, experiences, and senses that have created this particular person who is right here in the now. Now, we're going to get to worry, anxiety, and those sorts of things in a moment, but can you see how when you observe your direct experience with time, time starts to be it's way more jello than concrete. It's yeah. It's it's way more flowy than bolted down. It's way more floating on water than it is standing in heavy shoes or think you almost have to move to images, metaphors and pictures to get at this thing we call time. I loved your image of like there's uh, uh, is time this absolute fixed sheet and you're moving across the top of it or are you fixed? Yeah. The awareness exists outside of time and time is something that is happening within yeah. awareness. Yeah. So so like like ideas about um, why in spirituality ideas about reincarnation is like that reincarnation is not why do I move throughout this timeline, move on this sheet of paper, and then maybe have another sheet of paper <laughs> right, move on right, to right, right, right. extended? It's actually, I'm always in the same place, and the whole thing happens. I'm in the same place, and the whole yeah. thing happens through me. You're always in the now, and the idea of reincarnation is that another life appears to you in the now rather than you moving throughout time and maybe having another life in the, fe- in the future. Yeah. So you see how... Um, as time, when you start to explore the nature of time and, and establish the, the, the now and the, and the primacy of the now, you start to see how many implications it has for how understanding who we are, understanding, um, you know, ideas about the afterlife, reincarnation, past lives. Was I here before? Was this I here before? This yeah. is all when the you, human with all of that. Sorry, keep going. No, I was just going to say when you establish that it's always been right now and everything has been happening and now everything has been happening in me, you start to see that what I am is actually always right here and things are happening within (laughs) me rather than what I am moving throughout all these things. Or you can see how many debates among the pre-existence of the soul. What happens when you die? Or or reincarnation, does a does a soul inhabit and come and go and then come re-come and go? And you can see people get terribly offended well, some would argue passionately for this is what happens after you die. This is what happened before you were here. Nothing had happened. Or um, you can have all sorts of conflict with that person against the person who's saying, no, I've, had, I've been here a number of times, reincarnate. You can see how all of those are based on a fixed linear, mm. are all trapped in time at some mm-hmm. level. Yeah. And that you can see different explanations uh, are simply people trying to make sense of, rightfully so, the fact... Think about this phrase, uh, an old soul. What what do you mean when you say an old soul? Um, My guess is, you've heard that phrase, and we've all heard that phrase, 
and you know, I've talked about this before. When you say an old soul, I think what you're saying is there's something about this person's uh, wisdom, posture towards life. Um, feels like they've been here before. It yeah. feels like they're they're 11, they're 22, they're 34, and yet they seem some part of them seems to not line up with how many years they've been according to the calendar. Mm-hmm. Is that the is like the most basic observation great, great we could make? Yeah, there's something. It seems like a part of them is a little off from the other part of, in a good way. Um, what do you mean by that? I would say it's your intuitive understanding. There's something about the essence of a person that doesn't, it's not beholden to the same calendar rules. So you're actually already witnessing to the flexibility and the limber nature of time when you say something like that. Obviously, the time flew by. Obviously, I got lost. I lost track of time. What is that? That is a feeling of presence and joy in which you tasted right now an experience in which time did not have its mm. usual stranglehold on you. Mm-hmm. So for every one of you who are like, what are they talking about? Why are they talking about planets? Why are they taking to their... Here's why. Because you have had fleeting moments when time didn't have its hand on your throat. This is what it's all about, you said at that birthday party. You were pointing to something about the joy of the moment that was speaking to you about everything else. This is what it's all. That's a very sophisticated phrase to say, by the way. Well done. But what's happened is we have had these fleeting moments when we related to time differently. That moment when you did not feel in a rush. That moment when you did not feel a sense that there were too many things to do in the day. The day was just fine. You even say that we say things like, God, that day just like how it unfolded. It was just perfect. What you mean is you weren't living conflicted to mm. time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So these brushes of those moments, obviously the ancient wisdom tradition was just like, why not learn to live like that all the time? Mm-hmm. And yeah. to do that, you start to realize that what we say when we mean eternal uh, actually is something very, very different. And your whole thing on eternal just sort of, I loved. Yeah, yeah. So I, <laughs> I, I love this word eternal um, and how, how we understand the word eternal and how the word eternal is used um, is, is so interesting and so fascinating uh, and how it relates to everything we're talking about. So the word... Um, obviously the word eternal is used in tons of, um, spiritual scriptures and, and religions. It's like the word eternal is a very powerful word. Now, when, when people use the word eternal, there's, there's this use of the word eternal, um, as, and there's this understanding of the word, word eternal as existing forever in time. Like if something, oh, he, the, the, the word eternal and the word eternity is like, oh, it existed it took a lot of time or existed forever in time. And like, it goes oh, on forever. It goes on which forever. Is just, it's just this time, but just more of it. Just more of it. So like, oh, oh, you know, she took an eternity is like, oh, she took a really long time. And like eternal life is usually conceived of as existing forever in time. So you see how what you do with, with that understanding of the word eternal is it's taking this, this word eternal and it's bringing it down to existing in this 
background, this absolute fixed reality right, right. of time. So it's it, taking something that's eternal must exist forever in time. And like, so time must be the background, time's the fixed reality, and then eternal is something that's existing forever in time. So what were you going to say? Oftentimes, when people use eternal, what they're basically saying is this exact way everybody sees it with your mental furniture exact arranged the exact same way, yeah. just more. It's so, the family size. It's the bonus pack. Yeah. It's just more. Yeah, yeah. As opposed to something other than this one conception. Yes. Is that so, right? So you had the, you had the awesome um, image of like picture a calendar um, with all the little squares in it and eternity, meaning like the guarantee of more squares in the future or like at a squares as far as you can see now there's a different understanding of the word eternal, which is much more powerful and much more closer. It's, it's what the word eternal actually means. I would argue true, true, (laughs) which eternal is actually means outside of time or beyond time. So rather than eternal being existing forever in time, eternal is actually something that transcends time and is outside of time. So it's actually the reason it exists forever is because it's actually, um, beyond time. So, uh, uh, this, definition of you see how what we're doing with this with this definition um of eternal is we're actually taking something that's eternal or eternity is actually the fixed reality and time is something that happens within it rather than time being the sort of background fixed reality and eternity happening within it so i um my favorite my favorite bible verse of all time the most the (laughs) most the most genius the most I know it's, 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 it kind of sounds like a weird like a like a weird sentence a little bit, but um, this is the, to me this is my favorite Bible verse. It's the most it's it's the one the most genius one because it felt like something one that I uh, it's sort of sat with me and I've sort of it's well the first time I heard it I was like oh it's fascinating. And when then was I, the first time you heard it? Um, I just Googled like uh, a year ago. No, yeah, like a year ago. <laughs> I just Google. I just uh, I go on Google and I just Google Bible and then like keywords. So I just Googled Bible verses eternal because I I'm fascinated by when I understood this this word eternal in a different yeah um in a different way like of beyond time. I was like oh my gosh wait like it it clicked a bunch of things in my head for me. It was it, it helped me connect a lot of dots that eternal is actually beyond time and outside of time rather than existing forever in time. So I Googled, I went on the Google machine and Googled Bible versus eternal, just a little keyword. And then th- this one popped up. So this is, this is why it's my favorite. I just sort of, uh, expose my my secret i don't actually flip through the bible reading this i just look for specific verses that i like um so let's get to this verse so it's it's second corinthians 4 18 um so this was this it says so we fix our eyes not on what is seen but on what is unseen since what is seen is temporary but what is unseen is eternal so this verse is is so genius um, because, and, and the real focus of it is the, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. So notice that anything, anything that we can see in our experience right now has some sort of tel- shelf life is temporary. So you look at, um, I don't know, the animals outside, um, rocks, anything you can see right now, events, events, people, um, the earth we're on right now in 7.5 billion years, the earth will be absorbed by the sun, um, after it enters its red giant phase, uh, and then, and then it expands beyond the earth's current orbit and it engulfs the earth. So literally the rock we're standing on right now, the earth, which we can see all right here is temporary. This has, setup came and this setup will go. This, the setup will go. So notice that any sort of, 
um, anything we can see or, or what, what you referred to earlier as like an object, any object, anything that we can see and identify is temporary and has some sort of, um, some, has some sort of shelf life. So this is what this verse says, since what is seen is temporary. Now, I talked about in the awareness of awareness, the number one question that's always been at the heart of existence for me is, and the thing that, that perplexed me so much as a young child was, if my identity has to be deeper than Trace, because I'm aware of Trace, Trace is something I'm aware of, and if Trace is the one having this experience, how can Trace be the one having this experience if I'm, there's an awareness that's aware of Trace? Now, if I look at Trace right now, if you look at Trace, Trace is something I can see, and I also know that Trace's body and Trace's mind have a shelf life. They're temporary. I know this, this Trace's body will not exist forever. It, will, it was born into the world, and it will die at some point. So I, and I can, Trace's body is something I, I can see. Trace's body is an object that I can see. So again, everything that's seen is temporary. And the thing that always... Um, Per, the thing that always the, the thing that really perplexed me as a kid is if I'm saying I'm trace, but trace is an object that I'm seeing. So how can trace how can trace be the subject of my experience if trace is an object that I'm seeing? Now, if we get into the the second part of that verse, after since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Um, what that verse is typically conceived of is that what is unseen is eternal feels like oh whatever is unseen must be so far out there right. that it's unseen. Just another object. It's just you another can't object, it. but it's so far out there that you can't see it. But actually, the only thing that's unseen in our experience is the actual subject, the thing that's seen the seer. our experience. The, the seer. The one see the, the one, whatever it is that's seen. Whatever it is that's seen is the only thing in our experience that's unseen. Because if we identify the seer, if we identify the subject, we're we're um, showing that we're aware of it, which makes it an object. So what is so again? This verse is what is unseen is eternal, which means that what is unseen is not unseen because it's so far out there and that it's an object. It's unseen because it's so far in in here, and it's actually the subject. So what is unseen is eternal. Now, what is unseen is eternal. Again, eternal does not mean that it's existing forever in time. It actually means that it's existing outside of time. Now, if we go back to that, that, that exercise I did with you, and we showed that time is created by a thought that's occurring in your awareness right now, a big implication of that, if, there, uh, if time is something that's created by the mind and created by thoughts, if there's something that's beyond the mind, beyond thoughts, that would be outside of time or beyond time. And notice that all we know of time is a thought that's occurring in our awareness. And when we talk about awareness, that's not a descriptor. It's actually a pointer. It's a pointer to the very thing that's aware of this experience, the very seer <laughs> of this experience. So, I love it. So this verse is pointing to the fact that awareness, the thing that we're talking about, it, your awareness is eternal. It's, it does not exist forever in time. It's actually outside of time. And in your direct experience, what you know of time is a thought that's occurring in your awareness right now. So <laughs> your, awa your awareness is not, is not extended out in time forever. It's actually always right here, always right now. It's actually beyond time, which, makes, which means um, it's eternal. 
So this verse is about, this verse is ultimately about a, a meditation, a meditation into sinking into the part of us that's eternal, the part that's always here, always right now. It's not always exist. It's not existing forever. It's always here, always right now. And actually it being right now is what makes it eternal rather than it being guaranteed to exist um, in forever in time. Now, real quick. So this is also the problem with the, like we've talked about, the problem of making God, when you make God into some object, when the Bible warns against um, idolatry and making idols of God, that's actually because when you make God into an object, you make God an object, anything that can be seen, you make God temporary and you make God (laughs) finite. And what God is, God is actually unseen and God is actually eternal. God is unseen because it's the very thing that's the one thing that can't be seen in our experience. And it's God is eternal in that God is not forever in time. God is actually outside of time. So anytime you bring God down to an object that can be seen, you're just making it into one more thing that's temporary. So that verse is not warning about making false idols of other gods. It's actually a warning against making God into something that can be seen. Man. <laughs> that's actually... Oh my God, I have so many thoughts. Can I start in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's actually why you and I don't use the word God yeah. mostly. I've not, like, I don't even really use that word that much anymore just because in our modern materialist, reductionist world, in my experience, most of the time when people use the word God, they were just talking about one more object. Yeah. They thought they were talking about whatever, but they, they, were, they were not talking about anything ultimate. Mm-hmm. They, they were talking about one more object alongside others just maybe better or more loving. Um, but once it, just another thing trapped in time. Mm-hmm. So, oh, okay. So by the way, let's just side note. When you first, we were first working on this episode and you said, oh yeah, that verse is a joke. It's like a joke. It's like a wink. Oh it's yeah. It's a paradox. Yeah, yeah, I forgot to talk about that. Yeah. Fix your eyes, eyes. on the unseen. Yeah. You were like, it's a, it's a paradox because you can't actually fix your eyes. It's like the writer is winking. The, you're, he's winking. Almost like yeah. laughing. And I, I love okay. the, well, real quick, I just, and even the, the what is unseen is eternal is like, it's, it feels a bit of like a wink because it, when you tip, when you first hear that, including me, it's like, okay, what's unseen must be, it must be unseen because it's so far out there. But notice if it's far out there, it's an object. One more object. And the, so the, ver, the verse is pointing to, it, it it's, it's a, the the illusion of it's not unseen because it's out there. It's unseen because it's the very thing that's seen. <laughs> okay, just a side note. I started studying the Bible. I'm about 30 years into, you know, doing some stuff with the Bible. You discover there's a Bible and start Googling random verses about a year ago. It's next generation. <laughs> You are like, hey, Dad, there's this thing called the Bible. It's pretty. Have you heard of it? You start messing with me. You then show me that verse. I don't know how many sermons I've done on that verse. Yeah. <laughs> you well, see it and right away go, oh, look, a paradox. He's winking. I, n- well, I never saw that. Well, well, for, but it's it's for my for my own personal spiritual journey. It's the thing that the thing that's always sad. The thing that's always been most interesting to me is what is the thing that's actually aware of my experience because right. it's trace. Right. So it, that's always been my like sort of through line throughout my life. That's always been the thing I've been most fascinated by. I was not interested in religion growing up. I was not interested in the Bible growing up. It never grabbed me. So this has always been the thing that sat closest to yeah. me is what yeah, what yeah. is the unseen part of exist. So, so the who Bi- is the seer? So now who is the seer? So so when I 
my my relationship with the Bible now is actually seeing is going back and seeing um, connecting with the verses that really felt like they were talking to that um, part of me and actually finding like my relationship is actually seeing that what they were writing at this time is so it's it's so genius and so oh, ahead of the time and seeing, seeing the genius of it and actually like yeah. realizing what yeah, these yeah. writers were pointing to and seeing relating that to my own personal journey. So yeah, yeah, it was yeah. just it's just a it's just a different it's just yeah. we had different questions, different things that that brought us into I always I talk about how there's always different doorways into spirituality. Right, right, right. Everyone has different doorways and this was just the the to yeah. me the yeah, the yeah. the awareness was always my doorway and when I see the Bi- when I see verses in the Bible that are pointing to that that's what Amazing. That, that's what I love talking about. Can I can I ask you a few questions and see about the wording? Yeah. Okay. So, so what you're showing people is that there is the thing being seen, whatever it is, an event, a memory, a, a stone, mm-hmm. <laughs> a meal, mm-hmm. a burrito. And then there is whatever is the one doing the scene. But the scene cannot be seen. Yeah. Because so, so if you see yourself seeing, I had this burrito last night. I'm still thinking about it, everybody. Um, <laughs> If you see yourself seeing the burrito, then there's the you that sees yourself yeah. seeing the burrito. Okay, so well, if you see the the part of you that sees you seeing the burrito, you you can infinitely move back and see. Yeah. But the seer never has any shape or form. Yes, yes. Just just uh, any time you try to, I think a uh, easy way a easy way for that I really understood this was. Any time you try to label a subject of your experience, you're demonstrating that you're aware of the su- the subject, which makes it an object. You're making it into a. You're demonstrating. If I say yes. trace is the subject of my experience, I just demonstrate that I'm aware of trace, and trace is an object that I'm aware of. So notice that you can't ever actually definitively def- say that there's a define a subject. To your experience, because any de- time you define a subject to your experience, it immediately becomes an the object. The subject is the very thing that's perceiving. Anything, if you say, if you identify a perceiver, you're just identifying something that's perceived. That's Rob and, next. Now the Rob has joined the burrito. Yeah, as something that is yeah. seen by some part of Rob that has not yet. And and e- each one of you listening, this is uh, well eternal. This is ancient. This is. Yeah, this is actually an absolute. There is a, there is the each of us that cannot be seen. Mm-hmm. You you could just step back endlessly, seeing the the seer that sees the scene, unobjectifiable. Yeah, we we all take ourselves to be the perceivers of our experience. Now notice that your body, your personality. It doesn't mean these are not you, but notice that these are perceived. You can by see them. All. You. you can so, see them. So we we typically think that like. Our, our bodies are the perceivers, but we're perceiving our bodies. So there's an important, and, and we're getting into the limitations of language here because even when I say the seer or the perceiver, I'm yeah. still locating, uh, right, it's, still it's limitations locating. of, because yeah. language only works in yeah. objects yeah, yeah, yeah. and distinctions. Um, but the point is the very, the, that verse, what is, what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal is the only thing that is unseen is the very thing that's seen, the perceiver, the thing that's aware of all the objects and all that's seen so, and eternal is again <laughs> outside of time you're aware of your thoughts uh, you're aware of your mind okay so let me let me try and summarize this and you 
you jump in. Mm-hmm. So our invitation, what we're pointing to for people listening to us, is to can you see the passage of time? Can you see yourself younger? Can you see yourself older? Can you see yourself... Mem- can you see those moments when you said time is flying by? Can you see when you said this is so boring? I feel like time is... So if you can see and witness to time, the seer of yourself is seen and is aware of time. There is a real dimension to each of us that is ultimate, eternal, mm. and outside of time. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And imagine, which is what you and I have given our lives to, imagine orienting yourselves around being more grounded, more centered, more familiar with that. With that, yeah. Living your life from that place. Living your life from that place. Yeah. Yeah. So you you notice how many people's there they worry and have stress about um will there will there be an afterlife? Will they have some sort of extension of they yes. want more promise now moments. And you notice that worry and that anxiety about the future. And if there's more now moments, it takes them out of the very thing that always is, which is now, the now which is where all the action, w- which is where all the ever action is. is. So you notice the worrying about a future guarantee of uh, more life, more now moments, more squares on the calendar takes you out of the very thing that's here and now, which we're saying is eternal which right. we're saying is actually outside of time. So right. there's a, so how even, even so many spiritual, spiritual discussions about, um, does my, does my essence, does my awareness, does my soul, does it, does it carry on? Does it live on? It's so much of it is caked in this belief that what we are somehow has to exist, you know, forever in time. And it's like, we don't step back and go, okay, what's the only thing that's been the, the, what can we definitively say about our direct experience? It's always, now we're always here and right all, all our experience takes place here and now we've only known now so it's a re it's a reframing of um it's a reframing of time it's a reframing of the word eternal it's a reframing when the when the bible uses the word um eternal life um jesus uses eternal life is jesus talking about you know guaranteeing something in the future or is jesus talking about right now is Jesus talking about existing forever in time, or is Jesus actually talking about existing outside of time? Right, um, which is why I am. I am. I am. Yeah. That is the phrase that keeps coming up. What is the name of the divine? I am. What do we all know for sure about ourselves? I am. Yeah. It's the one that, absolute. That awareness of... You keep saying I am. That awareness of I am. It's yeah. always here, always right yeah. now. And notice that what you know of time... Again, is thoughts that are occurring in that I yes. am right yeah. here and right now. Something happening within your I amness. Yeah. Okay, so let me say a few things, phrases, uh, and have you react. And and those of you listening, listen for the energetic imprint of these phrases, and what they say when the person says them about how the person is apprehending and understanding time. Mm-hmm. So here's a phrase. I carved out some time. Yeah, not very good. Uh, I stole some time. Yeah, now you're just committing crimes. At the time. Like, <laughs> right. We, we went from, I guess carved would be like... Now we're, uh, now we're committing violence. Yeah. Something is being Man, cleaved. Uh, upping the ante. On the um, ends, yeah. Carved out, stole some. Um, how about this one? I tried to find some. Yeah, that one's, that so one's probably the most Is offensive. it lost? Is it misplaced? Um, here's one. Uh, 
I grabbed a few moments. Um, uh, the time was slipping away. What's interesting in many of the dominant ways that time is spoken of is it's all undergirded by lack. There isn't enough. Mm -hmm. uh, or I remember a friend of mine one time uh, took a photo with his young daughters and then posted the photo and said, just stole some time to be with these two lovely girls today. And I was like, well, that's interesting because I have the kind of relationship and then we just, we just, things get said straightforward. I was like, it's how did spending time with your daughters require uh, an act of thievery? <laughs> that's a great line. What happened to your relationship with time that to do the thing that you enjoy most in the world requires you to have somehow outsmarted or deceived or stole from time. And, and, and by the way, one of the things Trace and I want to happen is that after this episode, you all see this everywhere. Yeah. Once you see it, you'll see it as like a thin film that exists on so many ways that people handle it. Okay, here's, my, here's my favorite, meaning worst, meaning total South Star, is when someone said, hey, just, just trying to get some quality time with the kids. Yeah, it just makes me. It's terrible. That's like my personal South Star. Like, no, there is. It's just time. Yeah, it's just yeah. time. Yeah, it's just time. So, so there, there's some other. Can I, can I do some phrases? Oh too? yeah, some, yeah. Some bad. Yeah, yeah. So, um, there's so much language about how um, that's revolving around this idea that we only have this one life. We're only in existence and on this world for a limited amount of time. So you'll hear like. You only got one life. You got to yep. live it up. Yep. Or, and then it's gone. I'm, you know, you're here for, not here for a long time. Or, you know, like how notice that there's so much language that's, it's very sneaky because it's, it's trying to, it's using this idea that we have a limited time to, to, for this idea that, oh, you got to live it up or you got to connect with life. You know, you got to enjoy your life because it's very limited. But notice how that, that phrasing, the people that use that phrase, they're, that idea that there there's limited time and they're only here for a short period of time and they only live for this, you know, set duration, it's not making them connect with life more or yes. live life in a deeper way. So notice that there's this interesting paradox between the people that that talk about having a limited time and like, oh, that means I have to live this life up. They're not using that idea to connect to the actual heart of life the in a fullness, deeper way. The presence. Yeah. So that language be very like cognizant of how sneaky that language is because it's a very sneaky way that people like justify they're actually not connecting with life in a deep way, but appearing like they are because they only have a, sh a short duration of time. Now the, the, the really interesting paradox is when we actually realize that we don't, we don't just exist for the short duration of time. And what we are is actually beyond time. That actually is what propels us more into yeah. life and yeah. that actually is what helps yeah. us that is actually what connects us more to life because it's connecting us to the only moment that ever is is the now and when you understand the now when you understand um this present moment and this present moment is being an absolute and beyond time and awareness is being eternal the now is being eternal the eternal now you may have heard that phrase that's actually what connects you more to life and connects you to the heart of life and realizing that you don't 
exist in time, time exists in you, that's actually what connects you more and so and helps true. you appreciate it more. So this this paradox yes. of realizing that you have a limited time is actually what makes you value it more rather yeah. than the opposite. Yeah, yeah. If you time is not something that you gain or accumulate, it's something that you are present to. Mm. Mm-hmm. There is this day. There is what's unfolding in it. Uh, and what you will notice as you begin to see time more accurately and clearly for what it is and what it isn't is you'll simply stop using words like busy so much. Mm-hmm. You'll, you'll, you'll find yourself, you just won't be in a rush mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because you will realize you have plenty of time. Mm-hmm. That anytime scarcity is the engine, it will always speed up the mind, mm-hmm. greater anxiety, greater stress, greater worry. Mm-hmm. Anytime generosity and abundance and generativity are the engines and the lens that you're seeing things through, things will slow down in the best sense. You'll notice more. Mm-hmm. You'll be more full. You won't say, oh, I feel like I'm the kids grew up so fast. They didn't. You were there the whole way. Mm-hmm. So it just was what it was. Yeah. yeah. The calendar is what a calendar is. A clock is what a stopwatch is what it is. And this yeah. is what happens. You're both moving ahead of time. You're moving behind time. You're within time. You're outside of time. You're encircling time. Uh, you're trapped at one level because there is tomorrow and the next day, but you won't see it as trapped. You'll see it as, oh, in the same way that I have a mind, I have a body. Uh, feeling trapped in your body, feeling like a slave to your mind will never work. Being an indestructible, infinite, eternal yeah. being, seer, yeah. who happens to have a body happening within them and thoughts happening within them and sense and perception happening within them and time happening within them, relaxes. Can you feel that, Pete, friends? Pull over by the side of the road. Stop washing the dishes. Hop off the treadmill for a minute. Can you feel that? <laughs> Wherever you are, Robcast folks, can you see what happens? You're here. You got plenty of time. Yeah. And I think there's there's a there could be a there could be a natural fe- there could be a natural fear that comes up for some people with this, which is like, wait, so does this mean that I can't like I can't use time or like if I using time it's a bad thing? This is not at all saying that time is a bad thing. Again, time is a very very helpful concept, and Absolutely. actually to get a better grasp at time and managing time, you actually yes, yes, actually yes. actually connecting to the place where time exists the now is actually how yeah. you get a better hold yeah. over time so again this is a, a the paradox has been a theme of these these episodes and and yeah and there's a paradox of actually in order to get a better grasp at managing time managing your time yeah. it's actually about connecting to the now the present moment and the only place that time ever actually is time only exists in the present moment the fat pa- the past and future only actually exist in this present moment and connecting more to that gives you a better grasp at time and managing time. And then you're able to see that time is a, is a beautiful concept that allows us to get to places on time and have events and, and live our lives. But then you understand it as a concept rather than an absolute reality oh, there we go. that you live within. Let's be here and see what happens yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. Pretty good. Is that I it? Think, yeah. I feel like that. I feel like that's solid right there. Yeah, that's what we got. Yeah, that's what we got for our friends out yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, man, oh man, 
Look at your your notes. My notes are like so. Well, I have them like, on my computer. You I was have just them going on, like, through my notes. Thinking, like, did we give everybody? It's like I I think that by now, that's pretty. That's a solid. That's a solid episode, right? Yeah, here. that's a solid episode. Yeah. <laughs> I lost track of time while we were doing this. Like I don't even like. I have no idea how long this. <laughs> well, my friends, this has been Robin Trace, bringing you our best on time. What we call this time in us? Yeah. Let's call this episode time in us time in us yeah yeah this is about this is time in us time in you time in me all right this was such a blast oh so so great so great grace and peace my friends